Welcome to another episode of Ride or DIY, the podcast where we chat with the badass women flipping the tables of the hardware store boys club. We're a new breed of homemakers, making home one power tool at a time. I cannot wait to share today's guest with you. If you're like me, you're probably listening while DIYing. So grab some coffee, your tools, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Writer DIY. We are here today with one of my favorite people on Instagram, Monica from House of Esperanza. If you do not follow her on Instagram, you are missing out because she is just one of the most genuine and just wonderful people on Instagram. She is just a pleasure to follow. She does incredible DIYs. She does incredible tutorials. Um, And so I'm just really excited to share this conversation that we had. We talk a lot about motherhood and how becoming mothers really played into our sort of entry into this world of really exploring DIY and renovating our homes. And so I'm really excited. I cannot wait for you guys to jump on in to this conversation. Let's go. Hello. Hi. Hey. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Busy? Yeah. Just trying to keep the kids, you know, together and everybody not falling apart every day and trying to, <laughs> with work and stuff. So that's crazy. Yeah. You were, you were in the Marines, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. That's that's intense. I feel like compared to a lot of the, um, the DIY gals, you know, <laughs> a lot know. Of- I'm like, Oh, let me style this shelf. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> it's complete like 180 from that. Um, I loved it. It was some of the best times of my life. It was amazing. I've like looking back at some of like just being young and like feeling like you're invincible and just, yeah but also kind of naive because you're so young. It was just, it was the best. And I was sad to leave, but my family wanted me home. And I thought it was, you know, I'm a Mexican woman. I have to start my family. And then I did. And I hated being a stay-at-home mom. Oh, yeah. There's like a lot to unpack there. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I definitely miss those days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, different kinds of adventures than the the current. I will say that motherhood is the hardest thing I have ever done in my whole entire life. I will second that. And I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's harder than anything that I've done. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I like to start with doing like your DIY origin story, which like for me is like, you know, there's like the superhero origin stories where it's like you learn about how they became the superhero. So I just, I'm like, this is like the DIY version of that. Like, how did you get into DIY? Like what was kind of the, you know, maybe even things that weren't directly related to like working with power tools or whatever, but kind of like led you on the path to becoming and doing what you're doing now in terms of DIY. I grew up with parents that are makers themselves. They're both creative and hard workers. And I watched my dad 
fix any and everything around the house and he would figure it out and he would pick up a book and figure out how to do the plumbing and the electrical and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And my grandfather was a carpenter. Like he, they, they built everything. So, and, and you don't have resources. You kind of figure it out as you go. Right. Yeah. And my mom would sew our clothes growing up. So she taught me how to sew a really young age and like mm-hmm. cooking and all that stuff. So my hands were on stuff from a very young age. And I feel like that just planted the seed for yeah. me. So I, growing up, my parents would let me just like kind of go ham, taking things apart and putting them back together. They didn't yeah. stop me or prevent me from un- unbeknownst to them. Like they had no idea that's what was happening, but they were just like, yeah, okay, go ahead. One time <laughs> I took my mom's dishes. I wanted to make like a mosaic thing. Like I-, I saw something somewhere like tile and it was really pretty, a design mosaic. So I took my mom's dishes and I shattered them and I broke them. <laughs> <laughs> and I made this like like janky little mosaic tile thing that it, it, I don't even know what it was but she wasn't even mad oh wow and so I think a lot of that just let me keep doing stuff let me paint my room all kinds of crazy colors that I would never ever let my children do um <laughs> so I think having that freedom without really knowing that's what they were doing really just let me or, or open that up in my brain yeah. and then as an adult going through different career paths and things I, I there wasn't time and resources to do all of the thing, all of those things and then I had my first son after I, I got out of the Marine Corps and then he passed away as a toddler mm-hmm. and when that happened I found myself this is like you know origin story yeah I found myself in a place in my life where I didn't know who I was other than who I had been for those two years which was a mom to him Mm -hmm. I had lost my identity I had lost what it was to be Monica to be me because I was just a mom and I, I I wasn't chasing him around anymore I wasn't worried about his you know feeding him and things like that and I, so I just started looking for things to do. One was to keep busy, keep my mind and my hands busy. And two mm-hmm. was because I didn't, I was like, what do I like? I don't even know. Like, what am I into? You know, yeah. people are like, what do you do in your spare time? I, I didn't have anything. I was working at the time and I had him and that was it. There was no identity to me. Yeah. So I started crocheting. Oh. I was like, okay, I'm going to learn to crochet. I started crocheting and it just kept my hands and my mind busy and it was incredibly therapeutic. Yeah. And then it just, that snowballed into, well, let me open up an Etsy shop mm-hmm. and let me make gifts for my friends who are having babies. And I have a really hard time at that time. I had a really hard time like facing, watching people have kids when right. yours has passed away is really difficult. So yeah. I was like, hey, let me can make them a gift. And that will be like my, you know, way for me to make peace with that battle in my mm-hmm. heart. Um, so while I was doing that entrepreneurial type, you know, side hustle, I was still doing stuff in my home, but I wasn't telling anybody about it. Like I would still, you know, redecorate or paint a wall or put furniture together or have Mm -hmm. these ideas, all these DIY ideas. And I, it wasn't, it never occurred to me that other people weren't like that. Yeah. Or weren't doing that sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then people started asking me where I was working, like if, if I would help them with ideas or concepts or help them put a shelf together. Yeah. And then um, we, I had already at this time, mind you, I had already bought my first home 
with the money that I had saved up while I was in the military. I had gutted it. I had like completely, you know, renovated the inside. Um, that was awesome. And now we're like talking fast forward, um, new job, lost my son, my husband, we, we bought our first house together. So this mm -hmm. was um, our first house together. And then we started decorating, like started doing my thing in that house and then started posting pictures of it. And so things kind of shifted yeah. from where my attention was and what I was, how, how I was sharing it with the world mm -hmm. from this is the stuff I make with my hands and sell to, oh, this is the stuff I do with my hands at my house. You yeah. know, you want to see that too? Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's what it was. So the maker bug has always been there. That's nothing new to me. Mm -hmm. um, I just brief, I guess, found it again um, because it was incredibly therapeutic for me to, to get back to creating. And then I, I needed to find myself again. And I know that's like I, I, our friend, my friend Megan uh, Dowd had posted something recently about like, you know, um, tragic stories and origin stories. And I thought about that, but I really do have one. <laughs> like I have an origin story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that um, that thing of losing yourself, I mean, even just within motherhood itself, like I felt that, you know, like when I had my son and motherhood did not feel like this thing that I dropped into really naturally. It was just like, this is weird and I don't like it. Like you're like supposed to be like over the moon and like, Oh, I just love all of this baby stuff. And I was like, I hate this baby stuff. Like I, yes. I don't, it doesn't feel like me. It's not feeding the parts of me that are like, yes. feel very integral to who I am. And so like that, I mean, I had a really tough time. I didn't realize that I was dealing with postpartum depression. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? In that whole like first year to two years, I was just like a total wreck and that was kind of the whole time when I was finding my way back to like interior design and home, you know, DIY kind of stuff. But yeah, that's a, I think that's a big thing for a lot of women with like that going through that losing yourself and then finding yourself in that space of becoming a mother. Yes. No, I, everything you just said, that's exactly how I felt. Mm -hmm. And with my first son, I, I felt terrible about feeling that way. I felt so much guilt. Like I'm supposed mm -hmm. to love this. Yeah. Why am I not born with this mom gene? Like, yeah. why don't I, and, and I worked really hard at it. You know, I like read all the blogs and I read the books and you know, how to do this and how to do that. Like I was investing my time and energy to make sure that I was helping his brain develop, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I felt bad that I didn't love it. Yeah. And that I constantly was looking for something for myself. Right. And then when he passed away, it made it worse. I oh, yeah. felt bad for ever having felt that way. And how could I, I was supposed to love it. That's what you look forward to. Like you're raised from a young age. If you're, you know, you're born a girl and it's like, you're going to grow up to be a mom. Yeah. Well, that's, it's not for everybody. And now as a full-fledged adult, I meet people and I know a kids aren't for everybody and b you don't have to be born with a mom gene like we yeah. all work really really hard at it and some people have strengths that others don't mm -hmm. I watch some of my sisters have kids and 
for example, my younger sister, she is just the best. She nannied all through college. She is yeah. so nurturing and patient and just, it comes naturally to her. And I watch her and I'm like, how do you do that? And <laughs> I've always wished I could, but that's just her strength and it's yeah. not mine and that's okay. Yeah. And knowing all of these things, when my second son was born and I was pregnant with him, I knew I was going to be susceptible to postpartum depression. I knew I didn't want to lose myself. So I was really, really proactive and prepared myself mentally and physically for all of the stuff that was going to happen when he was born. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to lose myself again because that was incredibly difficult phase to go through. So when he was born, like I told my husband, this is what's going to happen. I need to carve out time for myself. I need to yeah. just keep doing what I want to do. And then same thing when my daughter was born just this last year, mm-hmm. I knew it's, this is going to happen again. I'm going to have these feelings again. I can't slow down. I can't stop. Right. Like this, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I've been able to successfully do all of the things that I had all in and, you know, check off those goals. It's been very difficult. I am on medication because mm-hmm. there's just some things that you can't control in your brain. Right. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to be a hundred percent, I needed that extra help. Yeah. After having, after having her. Yeah. That took me a really long time to, cause I, I feel like I grew up not necessarily vilifying or, you know, in a, like medication for mental health, but like just kind of feeling like I could, muscle through it or, or like that I didn't need that or being afraid of like it changing you somehow. Um, and I did, I just listened to a podcast um, on being with Krista Tippett uh, and it was all about depression. It was like a bunch of different people's um, experiences with depression. And one of them had talked about like that fear of the medication is going to turn you into somebody else or, or change who you are in some way. And having the experience of returning to yourself and recognizing yourself again. And I had that experience and I'm, I'm still not sure if it was the medication or if it was that Jack went to preschool at about the same time I got on the medication. And I'm like, maybe I just needed the time back to myself to really like be able to feel okay again. So I'm not sure, but yeah, it just really felt that way of like, Oh, there I am again, you know, instead of like, Oh, this new person is weird and different, but they feel better, you know? No, that's exactly what it is. And I, I didn't fight it this time around. I, I, like you were saying, I sucked it up Yeah. with my second son after having, I'm like, no, I can do this. I can do this. Like depression and anxiety are always right there. They're just Mm -hmm. right at the door, always trying to get in. And I, I worked really hard and I fought really hard to maintain some sort of normalcy and finding myself. And it took, gosh, it took maybe almost 10 months after I had him. Mm-hmm. He was born, he was in the NICU. Like it was this whole really traumatic experience with his birth. Yeah. That added a lot of, of to it um, post, for postpartum depression for him. And then being a stay-at-home mom and trying to find that balance. Um and so at about a year and a half after having him, I, it, it, it things, I wasn't hundred percent. And I told my husband, like, we, I, it sucks. I know I'm full-time at home, but we need to figure something out. So we did mm-hmm. put him in daycare 
mm-hmm. and, you know, we started part-time and you would go a couple days a week. And then that, for me, that was a moment where I found, I like really felt whole again, because I had time to myself to create. Yes. And I started doing more things at home and more DIY. And I started really diving into it on social media because I wanted to show other people like this is how you do stuff and I I like teaching and I like instructing so I think it like fulfilled it it kind of bridged that gap for Mm -hmm. me to be able to do that and it just has turned into this amazing thing on Instagram that's yeah where I live but all of that comes from discovering all of the things that I needed which was I need help with my children I I need someone to come in and fill fill the gaps in so that I can have windows of time for myself yeah um, and whoever it is like he goes to daycare and he loves it and he <laughs> people who do that are great at what they do and he <laughs> yeah. loves learning and he loves his friends and yes. it's just the most fantastic thing and at the end of the day I can be present for him I can be present for mm-hmm. my kids because I have spent time on myself and I'm not distracted I'm not yeah. wishing I was somewhere else or doing something else so that harmony that has created harmony for me Mm -hmm. when it comes to the relationship with my kids and my daughter will eventually you know follow in that same path Mm -hmm. so I'm looking forward to that day when it happens so I can have you know time to to dedicate to what is now become an actual job for me Mm -hmm. Um, but it's something that I love to do and it's just god and I say that balance is bullshit like there is no balance Mm-hmm. there you just have to find the harmony and what works for you with with parenthood and even just people who don't have kids if it's working full-time and they're trying to carve out time for their passions mm-hmm. to fulfill whatever it is that they want for themselves that's so hard it is so hard and it sounds like you know exactly what I'm talking about uh yeah I think because we're kind of Jack is four he turned four in December and so we're kind of in this place where I had all, always envisioned us having more than one kid, and so had my husband. And then Jack happened, and I'm like, um, I don't, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that again. Like, I'm kind of finally in this place of feeling really great and having time to do stuff. And then the thought of kind of go, like, diving back into the, yes. you know, sleeplessness and breastfeeding and just a baby. And I don't like babies. I get, I get that people like babies. I'm not a baby person. I'm like, you're small. I don't know. You cry a lot. I don't get it. It's not, I love. If you a don't t- talk back to me. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me what you want. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that part, I think that part for me is really difficult of thinking about uh, going into that again. And then, but also knowing that like, oh, dang, I would do things so differently the second time. Like, I, I felt so much guilt around asking for time or asking for help because like my husband was working full time as a, he's a, he still is a carpenter. And so like his job is just so physically demanding. And I, you know, I was like, well, he needs his sleep. So I'll just be the one who, on- I was pretty much the only one who got up during the nights to do feedings and change his diaper and that kind of stuff. And it just felt really like, I felt like I had to do everything myself. And I think that, oh yeah, nope, that was, shouldn't have done that. That was not a healthy way to do things. Like you need to have help and you need to ask for the things that are going to help you stay mentally okay. So yeah, we're kind of on the cusp of like, 
obviously we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> like, is that the best time? I don't know. Who knows? I know. When right? is the oh. next, the best time to have a second kid? It's just like, well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> it'll happen. And people always say like, oh, it'll happen when the time is right. It'll, it'll happen. And then you'll figure it out and it'll be okay. Yeah. That's all no. it is. We hadn't planned for, we, oh my God, I feel like I'm adding so many layers to this. We struggled with secondary fertility after I mm-hmm. lost my first son and we tried for six years oh, to, wow. to get pregnant. And it was just, it was such a challenge. We went and saw doctors, we did all of these things and nothing was taking. And it was just talk about like the mental load on that. It was incredibly difficult. Yeah. And then we had just given up we were just like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's just going to be us and we'll just travel and I'll just work on my house and it'll be fine. And then boom, we got pregnant, like out of nowhere. Yeah. But that was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we had him, you know, two years later thinking the same thing, like, we're probably never going to have any more kids of our own. And we, I just resigned myself to that. Like, that's just what it is. Maybe we'll adopt later, you know, in the future. And then <laughs> I was pregnant again out of nowhere. Um, so it just, it just happened for us and we didn't, we weren't expecting it. And yeah, they are blessings. Like they truly are. And I don't ever want to let a day go by where I don't think that yeah. because I know what it's like to lose one. So, right. I, but at the same time, I will not shy away from saying this is hard and this is yeah. difficult and there are bad days just mm-hmm. because I don't want to feel guilty. Like, no, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. This is hard. Parenting mm-hmm. is so hard. Parenting little kids is incredibly difficult, um, but we will probably not have any more of our own um, after number three. Like mm-hmm. I'm good. My body can't take it anymore. I don't want to put myself through that anymore. Yeah. mentally and physically it is in it, oh, it is so traumatic on your body there's so many changes and yeah. so many things I'm good like um <laughs> did I'm, the I'm thing too old for that <laughs> yeah I, I've done the thing a few times like let's close up shop like I'm good <laughs> the muffin shop is closed we are good <laughs> yeah I will keep making other stuff with my hands I'm done making kids from like in my own body yes let's just keep making on the outside mm-hmm. yeah oh I feel that yeah I think I I appreciate so much Instagram in a different way now I feel like what before I had a kid when I was pregnant you know you see all these women on Instagram and they they like pop out a kid and then they're just like they're still doing all the things and so I had this perspective of like well, they're doing it. Like, it seems like it's possible to just like pop out a kid and just like keep on keeping on. And then I had a kid and I was like, whoa, uh, what? (laughs) Like, what, how are they doing that? I I'm trying and it doesn't seem to be working. Um, what's happening here. So I think that now there's, or, or at least I'm plugged into a, a new community of women who talk about how hard it is and who talk, you know, talk about asking for help and finding those resources, um, to support yourself. Cause it's like, I don't know what's going on with those women. Maybe they're just really good at hiding it. Or maybe they have like a lot of support. You know, I don't know. Like, you know, sometimes I, I even, I see you and I'm like, Monica's like my, my inspiration for maybe having a second kid. Cause you're like baby wearing and like sawing stuff. I'm like, yes, it's possible. Like, maybe I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> I can maybe do it with the right support system. <laughs> yes. And that is very, very, 
very critical to have to be able to do those things with the right support system and not everyone has that and I think that's like such a fallacy on social media and people paint these like pretty pictures of this is what my life looks like and okay you're showing us this highlight Mm -hmm. but you're not letting us in on what it takes to to be able to do all that yeah and after I had my daughter last year we had the privilege of having my, and it was, this is all during COVID. My in-laws stayed with us for a couple of months. Like this was mm-hmm. all pre-planned. Like there were COVID tests involved. I didn't let anybody come into my house. Like it yeah. was very, very stringent. And so my in-laws um, came and stayed with us for a couple of months after she was born. And they were able to help with my son because he was home full time at that time. And mm-hmm. it was just going to be a lot for me. I knew that I was not going to be able to survive during a pandemic, having a newborn <laughs> and a toddler at home. Like there was just no way. And yeah. then adding a business on top of it that I was not really going to be planning to take a break from. And now mm-hmm. this is something that I know is like not normal, but the way my brain works and just, I, I, I am hyper- uh, productive. Yeah. Hyperproductive. I, and it is not realistic. It is not sustainable. And I don't expect anybody else to be able to, to keep up with the things like I do. It is not always healthy. (laughs) I would say that. And after I had my daughter, I didn't like skip a beat. I, it was just like what you described. I didn't want to stop. And I, I couldn't figure out like, what is wrong with me? Yeah, I was tired, but I didn't want to stop. My brain was just in overdrive. I was hyper-focused on all of these things that I wanted to do because I finally wasn't pregnant anymore. Yeah. And, and I wasn't sick anymore and I wasn't, you know, physically unable to do stuff. So I dove right back into work and, but, but it was because I had that support system. My in-laws mm-hmm. were here and they were helping me with my son and they were helping me with my daughter when I needed it. And my husband was home on family leave. So it was like a really, really good recipe for me to be able to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Now it's, it's me. There's my, my husband works full time. It's me and my kids. So I'm trying, I'm juggling all that, trying to manage all of that. And that's real life. Me carrying her around in a ring sling, trying to get projects. done. like, that's real life. And Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, keep my house clean and keep everybody fed. And at the end of some days I didn't get any work done, but my kids are happy and yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. I appreciate too, when, uh, you know, you post your, your daily to-do list at the beginning of the day. And sometimes it's just chilling with family. And I'm like, I I feel like that's important to see too, you know, like we need to know that it's not work 24 seven. No. And, and I, I can never turn my brain off because like I said, that's just how it works, but I'm learning to draw boundaries for myself, especially after like now she's seven months, my daughter's seven months and I'm coming out of like the, you know, infant trenches I need to draw boundaries for myself. Like, okay, you know what? Maybe today I'm going to try to sit on the couch for a few hours and not Mm -hmm. do anything. And that's a battle for like, that's hard for me to do. Honestly, to just sit there and think about like, I should be doing this. I could be doing that. Oh, I want to do that, you know, but I'm I'm drawing the boundaries and I'm allowing myself to just rest Mm -hmm. and be with kids and, you know, with my husband and be present. And I think, encourage I want to encourage other people to to do the same thing and not always try to keep up with what everybody else is doing because everybody is in a different season of their life so we're Mm. not all on the same in the same seasons and yeah yeah 
I, f- I feel you on the, the brain just wanting to do all the things all the time. Like, I just feel like, <laughs> like every once in a while, my friends will be like, you're doing like 500 things. What, what in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Like I have all these ideas in my yes. head and they just are like trying to come out. And <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like I'm doing, not that I'm not doing enough, but it's just that there's things in here that like want to happen. And there's like a bottleneck of my ability to do them all. And like what you see me doing is like the bare minimum of like the things that I want to do. Oh my gosh. That is exactly how every day, like all these tabs open that I have Mm -hmm. saved in my brain. And I just want all, I want to execute on all of them. Like I want Mm -hmm. that dopamine hit. Yeah, time of being able to create that idea. So I know because I am self-aware, I know I am constantly chasing that good, that feel good, that joy, that hit of dopamine that happens when you execute an idea. Mm-hmm. I am always chasing that. And which is why I jump from idea to idea. Mm-hmm. And which is why sometimes when things take longer than I wish they would have, you know, projects or when something I'm being paid to do something and it kind of loses its magic a little bit because it's, you know, it takes time. Mm-hmm. I know that about myself. I'm learning that about myself. So when people are like, oh, like, like you said, you have so you're, you're doing so many things. And it's like, yes, I need to do that to function. This is how I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, for me, that's healthy. Like, obviously I can take it yeah. to a place that's not healthy, but like, for me, it brings me a lot of joy to create things all the time and be like, like I I'll sit on the couch and binge some shows and relax in that way. But like, for the most part, when I'm relaxing or when I'm like doing something that I'm just like really just dialed in, it's like when I'm doing things, when I'm like creating things or yes. working on a project. Yes. If I'm doing something that has become mindless, like if I'm sewing, Mm -hmm. like now I do it and it's second nature. I don't have to think about it. I'm I'm sewing in a straight line. It's just like repetitive motion or crochet or painting a wall. They're like brushstrokes. It's just repetitive. And it's during those moments where new ideas start to flood my head. Yeah, Those are the moments where I am the most creative. That's saying that um, I am, I am creative when I am creating Mm-hmm. that that's what happens for me and if yeah. I don't have the time to do that then my I lose I lose those moments so if I'm not making something then I don't have those moments where new ideas come to me and it's just like one of those cycles mm-hmm. um, but no I I totally totally understand what you're saying <laughs> I know sometimes I'm like what am I doing <laughs> I was like I'm gonna start a podcast <laughs> and I'm like with what time are you going to be doing this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I know. <laughs> I, I have know, to but do it's it. a good idea and I'm going to do it <laughs> and nobody can stop me. Yeah. I get it. I, that's exactly how I hype myself up every single yeah. day. I get it. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I think that too, I think there's, it's a process of finding the things that are, the things where you are most, I don't know, some people call it like your zone of genius or just like that place where you lose yourself and, you know, you're just in the zone or whatever. Um, 
And I'm trying to focus on doing those things that like I just drop into instead of the things where I'm realizing that like I'm putting this off. I don't want to do it. And it's not necessarily because like I'm, you know, like you're in the middle of a project like that where it's lost its magic, but it's like this other thing where you're just like, ah, this just like, isn't it like, mm-hmm. and I think that I'm realizing that I'm trying to, I'm doing that with like working with clients a little bit more. And, and I stepped into that place of working with clients and doing interior design for other people, partly because they, you know, like how you were saying your friends are like, can you do this for me? And you're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then realizing like, oh, this could be a business or like that idea of, oh, I do, you know, home renovation stuff and, oh, I should make a business out of that. And the way that that looks is being an interior designer and doing it in this specific way. And I'm kind of in this place where I'm like, well, it doesn't have to look that way. Like I can create something that works with me and how, how I work and the passions that I have. And it doesn't have to look like, you know, miss interior designer on Instagram that like is doing these things with fancy houses or whatever. Like I can retool that industry into something that really works for me, works with my, works with me as a mom, (laughs) you know, like as a person who isn't just a, only a business owner, you know, I have a lot of other parts of me and finding a way to like create a business and create a life that really highlights those things. And it doesn't have to look the way that other people do it. Like I can create something out of thin air that works for me. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Everything you're saying. I feel like you're in my head. I went to a conference two years ago and when people ask me like, what do you do? Or what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself, you know, in five years, whatever those questions, I, everything that you just said right now, I, I had this idea in my head of what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't know how to put into words that it's like, oh, are you a lifestyle influencer? Are you a lifestyle blogger? Oh, you're a DIY. And it's like, well, why can't I do that and more? Yeah. There's so much I want to do. I don't fit into a box. And then, you know, people say, well, you really should pick a lane, pick a niche and stick to it. Like that's mm-hmm. how you can capitalize, blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to just live in one lane. I want to take up the whole highway. Yeah. I want to do all of those things that all that, those ideas that come to my, to my head, you know, come into mind. And I don't want to be limited because yeah. that's, that's when the magic goes away for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to do that and be excited and passionate about it. And so everything that you just said really resonates with me. Uh, I, I just, and then finding a way to make a business out of all of it, out of thin air and mm-hmm. it, it kind of creating this new industry, like, hell yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And I think that there's a space for it that's happening on Instagram of, I mean, I have in the past year kind of I like look around, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all these women who are doing all of this amazing DIY work and inspiring other women to take up space in that industry and kind of almost creating a new industry. Because I feel like mm-hmm. home home renovation is historically very masculine, you know, the word handyman, yes. you know, it's all very geared toward men. And like, I, I see like how you're working with Ryobi and I see them 
really embracing women in their marketing and in their advertising. And I'm like, hell to the yes with that. Like, because this is an untapped market, you guys, and we are hungry. (laughs) Give us the tools. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think that brands like that are realizing it, that there is a market for that. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to not pay attention to the fact that in families, women make a lot of financial decisions or have a lot of power in where the money is spent. Yeah. And it's now even during a pandemic, we're at home and women are looking for ways to spend time in their homes you know, to, to make it theirs. Mm-hmm. And DIY is like kind of, ex- I feel like exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said about creating a brand new industry and I, I haven't had any friends or close friends, you know, from home that were into some of the stuff that I am that are doing the same thing. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I went to conferences and met people online and meeting, you know, someone like you, it's like, oh, you think the same way I do. This is exciting <laughs> to me because I don't, I don't have that back home. I mean, yeah. you know, my sisters look at me like, okay, that's weird. What do you do? Like, they have no idea what I do online. They're yeah. not into social media. Everyone's like, what are you doing? You yeah. make commercials? Like, what? So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's really hard to explain to people who don't think like we do or aren't in the know, you know, and how social media is working nowadays mm-hmm. and how you make it a business. So it's exciting to meet other people who are creative and who want to live on that highway with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, that like you were saying, people not thinking the same as you. And I think I had that like I have this amazing group of mom friends, which really, for me, having that group of friends was another really strong element in that support system and helping with my mental health and motherhood. But also like there was a, there was a time too, when with those friends, I felt really isolated because I thought so differently. And because I was like, there was this huge part of my brain that was so focused on like you know, starting a business and owning a business and being, you know, this sort of go-getter type of person that like made me feel a little bit isolated within that group. And obviously they don't care, you know, like they're not like judging me or anything. Uh, And they're like stoked on everything that I'm doing. You know, they're very supportive, but at the same time, you feel like I want to see me in someone else. I want to, I want to, feel understood in that, in a way that, um, you know, maybe they, they appreciate how I am, but they don't understand it. And I see that a lot with like you on Instagram and other people on Instagram. I've, I found people who are, they do see me and they do, um, appreciate and get that, that like way that someone's brain works, you know? (laughs) yes and it is a unique aspect I feel to our personalities and you can label it whatever you want (laughs) but our brains work a little different and we thrive on things that are different from you know your average person and Mm -hmm. it's hard to find ourselves out there people that look like this that think like us and let alone are women or women of color or it's mm-hmm. just there's so many like nuances to it all yeah and I grew up 
idolizing Martha Stewart and thinking, I want to be just like Martha Stewart when I grow up. I want to cook and I want to garden and I want to, you know, a craft and do all these things. And now I feel like I do that, but I do it with power tools and touches. Yeah. And I, I say that jokingly, but it's true because I haven't, even now in 2021 and I'm, you know, 37 years old, still haven't found someone that looks like me that I was able to look up to. Right. You know, to Mm -hmm. do those things. And I want to be able to be that for somebody else. Yeah. I know. I see. (laughs) I'm hoping to see more of it. Um, I know Carmion just announced her being on the uh, design star, which I'm just like so excited about. And, you know, her and Shavonda talking about (laughs) having the Carmion and Shavonda show. And I'm like, yes, this is what we need. Like, we need more of this. Um, And uh, I know that there's been a lot of, uh, people kind of talking a lot more about the whitewashedness of those kind of design shows. And it's a lot of white people designing for white people. And, um, I don't know. I I also hope to see a little bit more, you know, not only diversity in that aspect, but diversity in terms of like the actual design style and the way of doing it. Because my problem with HGTV shows and shows in general which could just be, you know, a problem with the platform itself is like, it's a TV show and you have to like show a before and after in one mm-hmm. show. But I think it sets a lot of people up for feeling really disappointed when mm-hmm. their own DIY projects are, you know, half finished for six months. And it's like, yeah, okay, well that project that you saw on HGTV probably took six months, but you, they, they filmed it over six months and then they yeah. made it into 30 minutes and that's what you saw. And it's, it feels really good to watch that, but I don't know what, you know, if there's a way to to like really encourage people that these projects don't look like that in real life. And I want to see that show, but I don't know what it looks like yet. So I think we are doing that on Instagram. I think it is just a place where we've been able to do that for people on Instagram, be like, this is normal. Mm-hmm. Now, when I have a sponsored project or something that is a paid campaign, that has to be started and finished. And there is a timeline, there's a right. deadline, but there's money involved. So if someone is paying me to do something, just like with you with a client, if someone is paying you to do something, you see it through to completion and you're able to right. show them the final product. So I do have those and I do have like, you know, the reveals and all that. And mm-hmm. it's exciting and people oh, yeah. love that because it's been normalized by shows like HGTV. Mm-hmm. There's a before and after, like come back for the reveal. Yeah. But in between all of that, which is what I really, really strive to do is show the real life in between mm-hmm. with the half finished projects that you're living for. I started my stairs in December of, I want to say 2019. <laughs> and I still haven't finished them. Yeah. <laughs> like they're painted, they're good to go, but I haven't put the runners on and yeah. it's on my list of projects to do, but because no one is paying me to finish them, I'm yep. like, ah, oh, I'll do them next month. I'll do them next week. I'll do them eventually. Yeah. And then baby pandemic and work. And it's just, that's real life for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're able to maybe normalize that a little bit more on Instagram amongst yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, and I and I try to show, you know, that on my Instagram too. Like, you know, this bathroom looks finished, but the tile has not been grouted. <laughs> but it looks good enough to put on Instagram. So <laughs> like it's good enough for that. And maybe that's the uh, the Enneagram three in me being like, 
Well, no one can tell that it's not perfect. It looks perfect. So put it on Instagram. (laughs) I know I'm right there with you. I'm I'm a three and it's yep. To a T all of those things. I always thought growing up that I was a perfectionist because I'm kind of a procrastinator. You know, I'll, I'll put things off to the last minute. I thrive on a deadline, but I realized in like the past two years, I'm like, I am not a perfectionist. Like if you look around my house, there's like some janky stuff in here. Like that, I like a perfectionist would walk into this house and be like horrified. <laughs> I am not that. I just like things to be good enough to look fine. <laughs> like if it and looks that's good. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's because it's your house. And so if it looks good enough for you and you guess, guess you get to live there. Yeah. This is my the house. Perfectionist. Yeah. Nobody else is living there. You're living there. Yeah. You talk about my stairs. When I painted them, there were some people that, you know, made some comments that obviously weren't part of my community and they were men that came over and were like, uh-huh. I can't believe you painted the wood on those stairs. And it's like, what's well, this is my house? I yeah. live here. Hey, how does this affect you? Don't yeah. paint your stairs. Cool. I'm going to paint mine because I sat on that idea for like two years and I could hear my dad's voice in my head. Why on earth would you paint perfectly good stairs? They're not yep. broken. Mm-hmm. They're, they're stained wood. Like, what are you doing? Like the traditionalist in him would like, yeah. oh, oh, and yeah. And of course that was his reaction, mm-hmm. but I was prepared. And I drew that boundary for myself. Mm-hmm. And be like, nope, that's what I wanted to do. So I did it. Yeah. And, and I love it. It make me feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love thought, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not the only one that loves it. Other people like it too. And if that gives somebody else the courage to be like, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this one thing because I want to, and I love it. And it's my home. And I don't care about somebody who might buy my house 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. I don't care about the person sitting behind a computer criticizing me for it. This yeah. is my house. Yeah. I did that same thing with our kitchen in our last house. I had thought a long time about, I mean, we bought it in 2011, no, 2012. And it was kind of, you could tell it had been flipped halfway. And so the, you know, cabinets were very builder grade, but they were nice. They, you know, they were very nice maple cabinets that, you know, and it's like that part. Yeah. Where you're like, well, why would you paint perfectly good cabinets? Like they're perfectly good. Like, don't, I don't know why this idea of like, don't ruin them by painting them. And then I painted them and I'm like, it's like 5,000 times better. (laughs) Like, yes, and you wait so long to finally jump, jump in and do it when you're like, I should have done this before. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It took me probably six years before I finally did that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important too, that boundary of of knowing like, this is what is good for me. And it doesn't matter if it's good for you. It's not about you. Exactly. And I, I, I think that's something that comes with experience. It comes with age. So I see younger women in particular who might battle a little bit with that, with drawing those boundaries and really cementing themselves in, no, this is what I want to do. And and no one's going to tell me otherwise. So I do definitely think it's something that comes with age and experience and I will be the grand old lady of shouting that from the rooftop in the (laughs) DIY world or on Instagram or whatever, you know, you want to, whatever title you want to label me. Um, But I'm here to tell people do what you want in your home because it's yours. No one else lives there. Yep. Yeah. Um, So do you have any 
big DIY plans for 2021? Any big projects that you have that you're excited about? <laughs> Probably yes, 500. So many. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. You know, it, it, everything we talked about, you would know exactly how my brain works. Yep. Um, yes. Some of those um, I do have on the docket, some um, paid collaborations that are going to be coming up. So you will see, you know, a, a before and after in the reveal and there will be all that because it's paid. So I, I, I try to be transparent with stuff like that. So people know, you know, I, people know when they visit my accounts, this is an ad, this is a paid collaboration, or mm-hmm. this is me and 90, it'll probably finish 95% of it. And you'll have to come back later to see the rest of it. Yeah. Like I try to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will be, um, next we have our guest room that I'm working on and it's going to be a complete like I'm ripping the carpet out because it's gross and, you know, painting it from top to bottom, new fixtures. And that's going to be in partnership with the Home Depot. So I'm excited to introduce that in April. And I know pandemic, we don't have a lot of guests, but when my in-laws come and visit, they stay for a prolonged period of time. And I Mm -hmm. want to be able to have a space for them and for other guests that come and visit that it's very like, you know, hotel vibes and this, you know, like sanctuary and somewhere that makes them feel at home. So that's the next big project. Um, Now that I have an ambassadorship with Jeffrey Court, I'm going to be doing some tile projects. So our laundry room is going to get its makeover and I'm going to be painting those cabinets and I can't wait to hear the internet (laughs) tell me that I shouldn't. (laughs) So that's going to be getting, you know, tile floor and backsplash. And I'm super excited because I want to do something definitely not traditional. Like I want to use colored tiles. I want to do patterns that, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't see on that whitewashed Instagram feed. So yeah. I'm very excited about doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple, a couple other projects um, with tile, like some fireplace makeovers um, for some of my, uh, my siblings, I'm going to be doing some work in their houses, which I'm really excited mm-hmm. about. There's going to be little projects in between some of the big ones, but I, I'm excited to be doing all of those things. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we are all looking forward to seeing all of those projects in both of their before and after, you know, phase, but also throughout the the whole process of watching it. I really enjoy watching the process. I mean, I enjoy, you know, seeing the, um, like the time lapses, you know, cause I feel like obviously a time lapse makes it look like it didn't take very long, but you still get to see like the, like, oh, this takes work. You know, it's not just, uh, yes. <laughs> like here's the ugly room and here's the pretty room. Like everything is just, yeah, there's just so much, so many tabs, so many projects. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's like, they never go away because as soon as you close one tab, oh. you open another one. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you close one and like 10 more pop up. Yeah. And then it's a matter of how do I prioritize this? Okay. This one is exciting me the most right now. So let's jump into this one, but this mm-hmm. one I need to do. So let's do this one too. And I know it's just that cycle. I try to like, sometimes like force myself, like, okay, you are not allowed to start another project (laughs) until you finish this one. And that like sometimes works to like push me because I want to start a new project. I'm like, no, I cannot. I cannot until this one is finished. (laughs) Sometimes it works. Oh man. Well, it was just like so great to talk to you. Um, I, I think I had been introduced to your account earlier in this year or last year, and you are now my like favorite 
one of my favorite people on all of Instagram. So uh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. It's been such a treat to have you on the podcast and um, I cannot wait to share this episode with everybody. Thank you. No, I love following you and everything that you're doing and I'm cheering you on and wishing you the best. Did you guys love this chat? Because I loved this chat. I felt like, man, it's one of those things where you talk with someone and you say stuff and they just get it. You know what I mean? It's like talking to your people. And Monica is just good people. If you do not already follow Monica on Instagram, her Instagram handle is house.of.esperanza. Uh, be prepared to fall in love. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this week's episode. I cannot wait to bring you along with some more conversations on this season. And gosh, there's just so many amazing people that I have, am planning to talk to and so many amazing people that I am hoping that I get to talk to. So stay tuned for next episode If you are loving this podcast, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you are listening right now. All right, you guys, join us next time for Ride or DIY.